I'm Ethan Weiss, and you're listening to Key Eats Radio. In these short segments, we'll cover fundamentals of the Key Eats program, answer common questions, and touch on interesting things we see and hear from the world of nutrition and health. Hi, Carrie. Hi, Ethan. So I wanted to talk today about whether you can do a ketogenic diet, a low-carb diet, or key eats program while you're plant-based. And I figured there's no better person in the world to talk to than you. You absolutely can do it if you're plant-based. All right. Well, let's talk through it a little bit. Maybe let's start with one of the reasons why you might want to. And if you don't mind, you could kind of share some of your rationale for being plant-based. So there's a lot of different reasons why people want to go plant-based. Some of them are around ethics. Some of them are around the environment. Some are health-related. And quite frankly, some people just don't like meat. My story is a little bit longer and complicated why I found myself on low-carb plant-based. But I can tell you I had a whole lot of health markers that got dramatically better when I made that switch. So for me, It's about, I love the way low carb makes me feel and helps me manage my weight and helps improve my blood sugar. And then some of the labs that I was struggling with, like high sensitivity CRP and lipids got substantially better when I switched to an all plant-based version of the low carb diet. Okay. So for you, it was mainly health motivation, but other people may be ethical or environmental or other reasons why they do it. But the point is you can do it. So just to review quickly, sort of general principles of a low carb diet, you're taking most of the carbohydrate calories you were eating and replacing those with fat, and then you're keeping protein about the same. So let's go through each of the categories of the macros and talk about sort of how you approach thinking each one. So start with carbohydrates. So where will you get most of your carbohydrate very little carbohydrates on a plant-based on a plant-based diet. So just to step back a little bit, you know, a lot of people think that a plant-based diet tends to be high carb and low fat. And so, you know, this is a different way of doing it. And so the carbs on a typical plant-based diet would come from things like fruit and vegetables and breads and cereals and pastas and things like that. Whole grains, In this particular case, we want to limit those. So the carbohydrates that I eat are mostly from non-starchy vegetables, broccoli, asparagus, Brussels sprouts, kale, cauliflower. Those are the most common. And then there's some carbs in some of the nuts and seeds, like cashews, um, almonds, things like that do have some carbohydrate in them. But that sounds a lot like what I eat. It is. This is why I say that it's not that big a stretch. You just swap out your protein. All right. Well, so well, let's get to, we'll go, we're going to save protein. Let's skip over protein and come back to that one and go to fat. So what about fat? So let's talk about sort of give, maybe do the same comparison between a traditional or conventional low-carb diet and, and what you're eating on a mostly plant-based diet or a plant-based diet. I get asked this question all the time where people wonder where I get fat from on a plant-based low-carb diet. And it's true. I'm not, you know, it's not coming from butter and bacon and lard, lard, steak, things like that. But there's plenty of fat in olive oil and avocados and olives and nuts and seeds. And sometimes I use some coconut products like, you know, coconut itself or coconut milk or coconut butter. And when you cook vegetables, I cook them in olive oil or avocado oil. 
And so there's plenty of places for me to get healthy fats. It is much lower in saturated fat unless you go way overboard on, on the coconut oil or the coconut products. So most of the fats that I get are in this monounsaturated or polyunsaturated category. I stay away from the processed oils like the seed oils, canola and corn and things like that. But I use a lot of olive oil as we emphasize in the Key Eats program. Yeah, so that actually sounds unlike the carbs, which is basically identical. It sounds like it's different, but not like black and white different. So the difference is, right, like I'm eating a lot of olive oil, avocado oil, nuts and seeds as well. But I also get fat from from fish, so from salmon, and I also get it from from cheese, so from hard cheeses like, you know, Parmesan and stuff. So that that's, I guess, the one difference. So you do have a little bit of a harder time getting fat, but you're saying it's not that hard. It's not. So the omega-3s that you get from the fish oil, that's the one little caveat that's different. Um, flax has some omegas threes in it, chia. There's a difference between the ALA that's in, say, walnuts and flax, which has to be converted into EPA and DHA, which is what you get in fish oil. There is algae, which have EPA and DHA. And I do, because part of what I do clinically emphasizes omega-3s in patients, I do take an algae oil supplement uh, so that I get those omega-3s. But you could also get that from eating a lot of flax or chia or walnuts, you're saying? For the most part, there's some different sort of genetic variations in your ability to convert ALA into EPA and DHA. And as we get older, it's a little bit harder to do that. But there are you know, people who are really good converters of, of ALA into the EPA and DHA. I don't want to get too distracted, but are you actually measuring your levels of DPA, D, sorry, DHA and EPA? I measure levels of omega-3 you versus do. omega-6, yeah. Okay. I don't do that. Maybe I'm weird. I, maybe I'm weird. I like well, to play with things. We know I'm weird. Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely true. All right. So now let's come back to, so that one sounds like it's sort of like a, it's not impossible, but it's a little bit different. So let's talk about protein. This one probably is going to be the most challenging, I think, for an average person who's used to eating you know, chicken, fish, whatever else they're eating. Where are you getting your protein from? Okay, so let me ask you this question. Where do you get your protein from? Well, mostly fish and then some chicken and probably some nuts, right? So I would actually argue that I have more protein sources than you're eating. Now, on a typical ketogenic diet, people will eat steak and you know, pork and chicken and things like that. And so when people ask me about the protein sources that I eat being plant-based, they expect it to be a very short list. There's tofu, which is readily available. There's tempeh, which is a fermented tofu that has a little bit more carbs in it because of the fermentation process, but it's still a good low-carb source of protein. There are things called uh, lupini beans, which are an Italian bean that the way they're brined and processed, they actually have zero net carbs. And I use those frequently. Black soybeans are another thing that has very low. Now, these are different than black beans. They're actual soybeans. Those have very low net carbs. Edamame, which is another form of soybean, those have very low net carbs. And then there are some other things that are a little bit different. So hemp seeds, I use those on a regular basis. And then pumpkin seeds, chia seeds, of course, other nuts and seeds have protein in them. 
Um, you can use protein supplements like pea protein or um, hemp protein, things like that, that are available. But I tend to get most of my protein from whole real foods. With the hemp seeds, there are some places that have available something called hemp foo, which is a tofu that's made of hemp seeds. And then there's some other that are a little more obscure that you have to order online. There's a thing called Sacha Inchi seeds, which have a good amino acid profile, and they taste sort of like a peanut. And then a nut called a baru nut, which is a, Brazil, a nut from Brazil that is actually very low in fat relative to other nuts, but it has a, a good amino acid profile. So it's got a, a quality source of protein that can be absorbed. And if you wanted to kind of steer away from all the soy for whatever reason, I don't know why, but if you wanted to, you could just even do something as simple as like peanut butter or almond butter too, like as a lunch option. You can do those. Now, if you're getting rid of all soy, there is theoretically an amino acid called lysine that is in ample amounts in soy protein, but is lower in amount in some of the other plant proteins. So typically, if you're getting rid of soy, we recommend that people will include something like pea protein in a smoothie because that will get the appropriate amount of lysine into their diet. Got it. That's so helpful. Well, so I guess then the last question is, do you, in your experience, because you've been living this for a while, do you find that most people are sort of entirely plant-based or they're, you know, 70, 80, 90% plant-based and will mix in some, you know, other non-plant-based things from time to time? You know, I think it's a wide spectrum. There are people who do plant-based Mondays um, and other people who eat a more traditional low-carb diet, but they like to have plant-based meals throughout it. And, you know, in technically, a ketogenic diet is actually moderate in protein. So, you know, most of the diet is really plant-based. It's just what you swap out the protein. So it's a good option. And a lot of people don't actually realize that, you know, these things are options that they can use. That's great. Well, so it sounds like for you, the motivation was most mostly health. And it, it looks like it had some really good effects on some of your health markers, like your cholesterol and your inflammation markers. And it sounds to me like in listening to this and talking to you for a while that it's very doable, that really there's no serious difference in how you approach carbohydrates. You're just not going to eat very much and they're mostly going to come from vegetables. The fat is going to change a little bit source, but then the protein, we, you know, we sort of talked about how there are a lot of tofu based options, but tons of other options and nuts and seeds as well too. You just have to kind of look and we'll make sure to provide with your very incredibly talented help. We're going to provide up lots of options for people who want to try it. Absolutely. The only one caveat that I will give, it's a little harder to eat out because they don't have as many of these protein sources there, but I usually get the vegetables when we eat out and we'll either eat a protein source later or bring it with me to the restaurant. Perfect. Thanks, Carrie. Thanks, Ethan. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more Key Eats Radio content, subscribe to Key Eats Radio on your favorite podcast player, or download the Keto app in the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store, and check out all of our episodes, including premium content in the Key Eats tab of the app. We'll be back soon with more. Thanks for listening.